Happy Pride Month! This is your Divinely Queer host, Asa Laveau, letting you know that this episode and each one during Pride Month is brought to you by Queer Money Gang. Join now at QueerMoneyGang.com. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Entra Queer Newer Show. I am your divinely queer host, Asa Laveau. Thank you so much for choosing to tune in for another episode. Before I do anything else, happy Pride. I'm so stoked that this is Pride Month. Not only is it Pride Month, but it's my birthday month. So all Geminis, I see you. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. Gemini's gang, like that's a thing. So for all of those in the Gemini gang, but also those in the community that I lead, the Queer Money Gang, 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 it's so happy that you have chosen to be a part of this as well. If you are new to the Entre Queer Newer show and you're not quite sure what that phrase, that term is, well, it's a phrase that I coined to discuss all, well, all things at the intersection of queerness and entrepreneurship. And the reason why is because I have found myself in queer spaces and they didn't want to talk about anything about business, but I like business and entrepreneurship. And then I've had experiences, many experiences being in business spaces and my experience has been that most business spaces that I have been aware of were um, heteronormative, um, heterosexuality was at the center, and anything different was not valued, not deemed worthy. And so I couldn't bring up anything or felt as though I couldn't bring up anything that was aligned with queerness. So entrepreneurship is where I can play, you can play in both areas at the same time. You can literally double dutch on both sides. And uh, because I think that's important, um, it's also very important to highlight those individuals uh, that are queer identified, that are actually making business happen. Because if you take an idea from just well, take something from the idea and actually do something with it. That is a powerful thing. I, I never desire for any of you all to think or consider that you making something happen that was once that once lived into your brain, like it was once in your brain, and now it's a thing. Like that's a very dope thing. That's a very that's something to be proud of. Not just because it's Pride Month. But you did it, like you're doing it. You're not trying to make it happen. You're making that shit happen. So with that being said, I have someone who is making shit happen. Um, I have known of this human for a while and I believe that you will benefit from the conversation with them. So without further ado, I would love to bring on Nicole. Nicole, are you there? I am here. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you very much. 
most welcome. So first, before we do anything, we at the Entre Queer Newer Show, we value pronouns. So what pronouns do you use? He, uh, he. Uh, <laughs> if it's he, I get it. No, no. 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 I said, I, maybe in my dreams, I, I've always, I, I've always identified with my male friends so much more, and I feel like I have so many, um, quote unquote, male tendencies that maybe that was just a, a Freudian slip. <laughs> <Some sort. laughs> no yeah. worries and no judgment at all. So we appreciate you being here. Before we get started, I would love to know, what was your favorite toy growing? Um, my, uh, you know what, I wonder if I should uh, answer this question, because it's literally a, um, it's one of my secret questions for uh, school, but no, it, it was Pooh Bear, my Pooh Bear, I had, um, I loved him so much, and I had him till I was almost 30. Mm. And what about Pooh Bear excited you? Uh, I was an only child of older parents. My mom was 37 when she had me. My father was 51. They had very full lives. They were both evangelists and um, my father was a musician. He toured. So I was um, alone a lot. And, um, you know, my parents spent a lot of quality time with me even if they couldn't spend a good quantity of time mm-hmm. but I made sure that I I had an imagination and so um instead of having an imaginary friend I had a friend that I could literally look at and tell all my thoughts to and share my drawings and all my music and all of those things so yeah Pooh Bear knew everything about me <laughs> that is very sweet, very, very sweet. And I love Pooh Bear and all things uh, in that, that world of Winnie the Pooh. And so I always let other people say exactly what it is that they do. So how would you answer the question? So Nicole, what do you do? I am a full-time freelancer, uh, entrepreneur, I I have my foot in many different spots, <laughs> maybe like a, a twister board, always kind of jumping from one thing to the other. But I, I see myself as a creative. Um, I've called myself an idea enthusiast. So I've taken what I, I have done creatively, which uh, my career, 20 years, was as a um, glamour shot manager. Oh, um, the glamour shots. Yeah. So I I was in that space for a very long time. And so that incorporates makeup and hair and uh, photography and sales and all sorts of things. And so I do all of those things. Now I do them in a, uh, like as in a consultant to other businesses to help them um, with, create well to create marketing campaigns or or just consult on something that they say okay i think this is a great idea nicole but what do i need and so i help them whether it's with finding the right photographs the right 
uh, lane to choose, um, whether we want to go with something sexy or something serious, all of those kinds of things. Um, and then I'm also a, uh, I manage musicians. Um, Spunk Adams is a great saxophone player. He's one of my clients. And um, that incorporates my musical background because I'm a classically trained singer, uh, went to university on a vocal scholarship um, and loved everything about singing. But at that time, uh, there weren't as many uh, spaces that celebrated diversity. And um, as a, a opera singer, they weren't at the place where they were, you know, assigning roles to black women if the, if the role had been played by white women for ages. Mm -hmm. So um, I learned a lot about music and um, those spaces. And then I thought, you know, I don't really want to sing so much, but I really do want to help other musicians navigate the industry. Uh, because it's so hard to do both. It's so hard to be a creative and keep your mind on creating and handle the business side of it and the rejection side of it and all of the things that come along with it. So um, I guess what I do is I take my experiences and I help other people. <laughs> Emma, that's a very that's a very good thing to do. We, uh, people are, that's needed. That's so very needed. Yeah. And with you managing your clients, what was the first time you realized, like, that's what I choose to do? Like, I think I'm going to be good at that. It, you know, it's really strange because in my job, uh, in my career, I, we would have real estate agents to models to people who, um, you know, just needed a great headshot. And there was always something else that I, some other bit of knowledge that I had that I could impart, which helped my sales a lot because mm -hmm. people really, you know, they trusted that I knew what I was talking about. So it, it kind of developed at that time that like, wow, I, I know this information and people need this information. Here's, a, you know, what's the best way for me to impart that? Um, and make money at the same time because, you know, a sister has to eat. So, right. Um, <laughs> so I think one of the first times was uh, that I was working with a makeup artist and we encouraged them to be entrepreneurs themselves. Mm -hmm. So I started managing her business side of it because she just, that was the side that she wasn't very good at. So she would have people call me. I would book her gigs for her and she'd go and do them. So in almost every space from photography to makeup to videography to uh, you know, musician, vocalist, all of those different things, it, it, it kind of follows the same vein of booking, having a contract, getting a deposit, making sure they get paid after, making sure that they have correct directions and I, I'm a, I'm a very good at asking questions. And I think that, that that's probably why um, that it works for me because other people leave spaces blank where I just pester people with as many questions as I can to sort of get all the information up front so that there aren't any, you know, blanks or missing spaces. So um, I guess 
you know, I've been doing it in some capacity for years. I, I ventured out on my own in 2015, quit the, the corporate gig and was like, okay, I'm, I am my business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What did that feel like going, like really releasing yourself from working for someone else to depending solely on you for revenue, for a lifestyle? And while I, and as I say this, I don't want anyone, my desire is that no one that's listening, please, 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 this isn't making fun of people. This isn't downplaying anyone that is still working a nine to five, still attached to corporate America, because some of us desire to have businesses that grow to the point that we will have employees. So I don't ever want to discourage um, employees from being where they are. But however, with that being said, what was that like for you? It, it was definitely freeing and fearful. Um, I believe in therapy. Mm-hmm. So I went to therapy <laughs> nice. to determine, yeah, really what, what it felt like and what, where was the fear resting in me? Where did, where did it come from that I could go from selling thousands of dollars of pictures to one person, $10,000, $20,000 worth of pictures? Um, and I could ask for that for someone else. What was the fear in me that I couldn't ask it for myself? So in therapy, I learned a lot about me and um, my confidence. And, uh, you know, we, we are conditioned to be field hands. We're not conditioned to own the farm, you know? So I had to work to, to being an owner and then I actually started a, a bachelor's uh, program in management because I had been a manager for 20 years, mm-hmm. but things have changed so much. And I wanted to make sure that I was up on all the new stuff and uh, a vocal music degree was is great, but then that's not the thing that people would look at and automatically assume, okay, this person really knows what she's talking about. So I wanted the extra credentials. So, um, so that coupled with the therapy, coupled with, you know, really supportive friends and family that have always said, you know, Nicole, you can do whatever you want to do. You um, and really believing that, but the feeling was definitely freeing. Um, because in the corporate world that I was in, it was it was a really cutthroat. People hear glamour shots and they think kind of like, um, you know, fluff <laughs> and uh, pomp and circumstance. But it, it was a really highly competitive field uh, in sales. And, um, and with that came some egocentric bosses that, uh, were it was not this fuzzy world <laughs> that we're in now, which you know is great, but but I definitely had um, bosses that yelled and screamed and and you know it was kind of like the devil wears Prada experience with a couple mm, of them. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so it it prepared me for uh, clients that are like that even now, you know. 
um, there people have a lot of expectations and a lot of um, sometimes entitlement. Mm -hmm. So that it really prepared me for that world uh, and doing it on my own. So, but yeah, I, I guess freeing and fearful would be my answer. <laughs> and I adore, I absolutely adore the fact that you realized that there was a emotional mindset component to you being successful in sales. A lot of times in my experience, people believe that if they just have a particular script, if they have a particular tactic with sales, that they could win regardless. And mm. what I've actually seen is that so many times, if you have not taken an assessment of yourself when it comes to how you see yourself, the worthiness of yourself, um, and worthiness meaning to the point that you feel worthy so that everything that you create is also worthy. Because mm -hmm. if you think you're not, that means everything you create or attach to is not. And so you're not willing to position it in a way that would make a difference for someone and get the sale. So, so I'm very thankful that you did that because it, it's true. It's so attached to it. Sales is not just a conversation. It's so much more than that. It really is. And um, I, I had the benefit of lots of great mentors in my life when it comes to selling. Um, and, but at the same time, you know, it was the worst position to train was to train a seller because there are some people whose natural charisma and things like that leads them, like you said, to believe that it's just about, you know, them showing up and selling things, but there it's such a component of, uh, you know, being able to look the same way with the same level of excitement at 9 a.m. at 10 a.m. Or, or at 10 p.m., you know, like to, to keep yourself up for all of that and the rejection that you get, but to enter each sale as if it's a brand new slate you've never done it before and it's mm -hmm. something brand new yeah it, it it definitely takes um that kind of self-assessment and i really encourage people to use therapy or coaching um to get themselves in in the right mental space for themselves like every every seller is a little bit different the way that mm -hmm. you do it it's probably close to the way I do it because we're both Gemini's howler. <laughs> but uh but you know we need we need to learn the things about ourselves that makes us different, which then we can find an individual worth in those things because I think that that is the highest amount of worthiness is in how unique we each are uh and how we approach problems and solutions and all of those things. So Agreed. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I'm with all of that. Thank you so much. And I would love to know, how do you see the work that you do with clients? How do you see it going? I'm, all, I'm always interested in the vision that someone has for what they're producing at the moment. So yeah. are you, do you see yourself with just like maybe maybe two more, or do you see yourself having, you know, a national or even international management company? 
I uh, actually uh, had this conversation the other day with someone. I think on my own, I could handle well, doing it well, up to 10 clients. And mm -hmm. I have five right now, so I'm halfway there. Um, I just started talking to a person, a young person who wants to intern under me, mm -hmm. uh, kind of learn the ropes. So that made me start thinking bigger, actually. I don't, I'm not sure that I, I have yet visualized the entire uh, process. And I'm not sure that it's not something that I would build and then hand over to someone a younger person who who has the same kind of likes as me, because uh, I'm really interested in in doing that and building. I don't have children, so I've always really wanted to to sort of be a mentor, not even sort of be a mentor, and be able to literally hand off a business to someone, uh, because that that was done for me in a in in a sort of way. I got someone's client list. Uh, in other business, and it really helped me in the lean years <laughs> when I was first starting. So, mm -hmm. so I, yeah, I mean, I, I would go for the big uh, international thing. I'm not sure I'd want want to run it though, um, because I just have so many things I want to do, so many different uh, avenues I want to rundown things I haven't even started yet things that are that are in my idea book that I you know I haven't even touched on yet and I'm starting to take on other than music clients for management other business clients as well so um we'll kind of see how it goes but but uh, right now I I want to be really great at the five that I have I get that I so and thank you for understanding that sometimes you need to really understand that, yes, you want to manifest things and you want to allow things to come into your world, but if you're not able to adequately manage the things that you have and do them well, there's no point of getting more. Honestly. honestly like, seriously, true. there's no point of getting more. Even if, really, Yeah. Even I, if, I, I am ahead. envious of those people who can do as much as they can, you know, but I'm also... Uh, I also feel sorry for those people and their clients who are doing more than they should. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I've yeah. been there. I have, I've brought on people at a time in which I didn't have the capacity. I thought I did. And the fact was, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. And it really does show that you understand yourself, understand your business, when you operate within your capacity. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you have limited beliefs or you're thinking on a low level. You just are learning. That's it. You're just learning. And it's the same thing if you were to have an apartment. If you can't take care of a studio apartment, what makes you think you can take care of a three-bedroom? Listen. Like, literally. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> so that makes no, no sense. Yeah, I, I want, um, I want for us as influencers, mentors, you know, business consultants, I want for us to get to a place where we, we live out that truth that 
and we're worthy. We're worthy right now. It's not, it's not how much more you get that makes you worthy. It's not how much harder you work that makes you worthy. You're worthy right now. So mm-hmm. what you're doing is worthy right now. And so if you have three clients and you feel you feel overwhelmed at any point in time, 13 clients might kill you. And I yeah. want I want us to encourage people because I I feel like, you know, we got to a place where we're like everybody should work on their own and have a have their own business. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> should not work on their own and not because they're not capable because it's not purposeful it's right. it would be purposeful for us all to be uh to have our own businesses um but then when we do have our own businesses also to you know i i learned something um way back in the day when i started modeling. It was my first job, first gig was um, as a plus size JCPenney model and Mm -hmm. as a little kid. But I learned that there are all types of modeling. Yep. You know, not everybody's going to walk a runway. I'm 5'5". Never would have happened. Although my Naomi is really good. I'm just saying. But yeah, there were so many types of modeling. So there's so many different types of hustle, of entrepreneurship. Um, I I even love that you carved out the space for queer-centered entrepreneurs. Because let me tell you, that's a, I mean, you already know, but it's a different business. It is. It really is. And it, it takes, People who are self-aware, aware of their community, and um, who, who honestly have really thick skin mm-hmm. to operate in that space. And I, I couldn't do it, not, not completely, um, because I, I ju- you know, I'm just kind of getting to know myself in the, in the queer space. I never, until therapy, honestly, I, I'd always had attraction like I, I i have no problem saying oh that girl's so beautiful or she's so fine or mm-hmm. something like that but but then you know i find uh trans men attractive and trans women attractive so and no one could really define it for me and then i was like what is the p <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody told me and i was like oh my gosh that's me you know mm-hmm. uh, Cause I just, I think every, I find beauty in everything. So there's no way I can find beauty in everyone. Uh-huh. So but I, just getting to know myself in that space and finding that it's okay to talk out loud about how sexy I think somebody is, um, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. I, I know I'm not yet prepared. So if you ask me, Hey, Nicole, can you run this, you know, particular thing? I'd be like, I don't know enough yet, you know? <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. And thank you yeah. for uh, bringing the visibility for the P. As someone else who is uh, pansexual, it is a real thing. And it for pan, I, feel, I believe that for pansexuals, we are, we finally get it years after everyone else gets it. Because Absolutely. we go through, <laughs> like we, we think that we might be lesbians or gay, and then we're like, but we're still attracted to those people. 
Right. And so then we're like, okay, okay, we're by. And right. then we're like, okay, but they are, but they are a gendered or non-binary um, or trans or gender non-conforming. So if I like them, because they're not in a box, which means I'm not in a box. Right. So what am I? So yeah, when I heard about pansexual or the equivalent being omnisexual, I was like, oh my God, there's a thing for me. And the beautiful thing is, <laughs> the beautiful thing is, even though, of course, of course, we don't, I don't have any desire to just label everyone and everything, but mm -hmm. there is, but labels allow a level of clarity um, to operate in. So this past weekend, I was with one of my very good friends and she was saying, she's like, so when's the last time you've been with a girl? I was like, well, first off, who you're <laughs> with does not determine your sexuality. That's number right. one. Number two, I have. Number three, I'm pan. She's like, okay, what's pan? And so we had to go through the yeah. entire, uh, the whole thing to let her really understand what it, now she gets it. She's like, okay, you're pan. She's like, okay, so you like pretty people. I said, yes, pretty people who smell good. Let me be oh, clear. We are there, we are there. <laughs> <laughs> if your if your body is emitting fragrances that don't vibe with mine, I am no longer. It's I'm no longer, no longer <laughs> at all. It's funny uh, because I I literally had to explain. I'm married to a man who is uh, identifies as heterosexual, so it was and it, he was always like, "Are you like my friend said? I feel like you're in the closet." I'm like, "I'm not in the closet." I I love people. Nobody mm -hmm. would ever say that they have seen me shy away from telling someone how beautiful they are, attractive, sexy, whatever. I, I've always been out that way. I just, mm -hmm. like you said, didn't have clarity on how to explain that. So <laughs> when that conversation with my husband was very interesting and he has you know, no problem with it, but it took him a while to really understand. So, so what are you saying? You like men that are women? And like, no, I like all of them. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, thank you for saying that. So Nicole, I would love to know how can people connect with you because the conversation we've had has been a life-giving conversation. It hasn't been a drain. Um, I think that there are people that are listening that definitely would like to connect with you in around management. Maybe they have venues or events that they could use, some of the people that you manage. Um, so with all those possibilities, what's the best way to connect with you? Awesome. Um, there, I have an Instagram page that is at... Nicole Allen Fisher, and it's the same on Facebook. Uh, I have three names that you have to spell. So it's N-I-C-O-L-E-A-L-L-E-N-F-I-S-H-E-R. Um, pretty much everywhere. NicoleAllenFisher.com is coming. Um, and uh, yeah, they can reach out to me any of those places. Awesome. Thank you so very much for being a resource, for stepping out on faith um, and just doing what you desire to do. I believe 
I see very good things. You're uh, the artist that you did name, uh, we call him Spunk. Very good yeah. artist, a talented human being for like no he's dope no no he's dope dope and the thing about it even though i don't believe that we've come here to struggle i don't believe that we were meant to quote unquote pay dues i really do believe that we are all divine and if you think yourself a certain way it will happen but i will say i have seen his glow up he used to play under he used to play everywhere everywhere that he could play he played whether it was on a street corner, under a bridge, at an open mic, like it didn't matter. You saw his hunger, like he was ready to let you know that he existed and that he was good, point blank, period. So I love that. So if you're, for those who are listening and whatever you do, like get out there, create Mm -hmm. a lane for you. Don't sit around and bitch and moan about who isn't letting you, who isn't picking up the phone, who isn't returning phone calls. Do what you can do with what you have. And then people will find you when it's time. And that's a real thing. So thank you, Nicole, for everything. Most welcome. And uh, any of you that like to connect with Nicole, please know that everything is in the show notes. Uh, Please remember also that you can join the Queer Money Gang by going to queermoneygang.com. And as always, I... I'm your divinely queer host, Ace LeBeau, dreams and blessings.